Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. Good morning, church. This morning we are continuing our sermon series that we have called, Why Jesus Came. Today we will be exploring the truth that Jesus came so that we may become a new city. And just as he came before, he is coming again. This time, he is coming to give us heaven on earth. By the time, of, by the time we're done uh, today, you should be more prepared to live for God's day to come. And you should be more prepared to conquer your fears today. Lord Jesus, as we gather as a church, anticipating a new year, God, we need a word from you. So Lord, I pray now that I would decrease as you increase and that your voice may be heard in the hearts and souls of your people. I pray these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we are anticipating this new year, some of us may have already started drawing up our vision board. You might be on your final draft. You might have already gotten you a 2022 calendar, and you've already started picking out dates that you want to have vacation on, and you might have already started to plan out uh, what healthy habits you want to pursue or Plan out all of these things that you want to do in 2022. And after a while, you sort of start to feel a little happy about yourself. You know, because you're, you're, the old is going away and the new is sort of coming in. And it's, it's exciting stuff. But all of a sudden, something seems to creep its ugly head into the whole situation. All of a sudden, you start to feeling a little... A little fear. In one moment, you are happy about the prospects of your future. And in the next moment, you are overwhelmed by this presence of fear. Well, I know I said we were going to go this way, but what happens when the road gets bumpy? I, I, I know I said we would do this or do that, but with the way things are going on in the world these days, I'm afraid that it won't happen. Suffering is a continued thread throughout all of Scripture. God himself came to this world and he suffered on a cross. And sometimes our greatest fear is the idea that we may have to suffer. So we ask ourselves, will I experience pain? And the most biblical answer is yes. So as you stand on the edge of 2021 and you peer out into the future at 2022, the question that we should be asking ourselves is how am I going to persevere as a follower of Christ in 2022? 
In our passage today, under the authority and direction of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, the Apostle John writes to seven churches in Asia. And these seven churches were suffering extreme levels of persecution. The persecution of Christians was not yet instituted by the Roman government. The persecution was not yet physical persecution where Christians were losing their lives daily and being beheaded and murdered for their faith in Christ. It was not yet to that point, but it was heading there. The type of suffering these churches were experiencing was social persecution. And some scholars go as far as suggesting that social persecution was worse than physical persecution because social persecution felt like it didn't have an end. Social persecution is when you're spit on, mocked, threatened, insulted, cussed out, isolated, robbed, deprived of goods. And although these churches may have felt discarded like trash by society, Jesus was watching. And to comfort the churches in their affliction, Jesus gives John a vision of a new heaven and earth. And after showing him the vision, Jesus tells John to write these things down and send it to the churches in Asia. In Revelations 21, beginning at verse 1, we read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I saw a loud, or heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more, because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, write, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowards... The faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. This is the reading of the Lord. Well, there was a woman who was recently arrested in Hawaii for a fake vaccination card. Apparently, people are doing this. Apparently, she wanted to 
go on vacation in Hawaii without abiding by the state's mandatory 10-day quarantine for people from the mainland. To get around this requirement, she presented a false vaccination card upon her arrival. And when confronted with the evidence of her crime, she tried to convince the officers that she was actually vaccinated by her own primary care doctor and paid for the shot. Despite the fact that COVID vaccinations are free in the United States, she was charged with a misdemeanor suspicion of falsified vaccination documents. And her bail was set at $2,000. Now, unfortunately, there are times where we are pretty similar to this woman. Sometimes we embrace a false identity so we can enjoy the goods of this world. Sometimes we embrace a false identity just so we could be a part of the conversation. We compromise our commitment to Christ because we fear missing out on the benefits of worldliness. Others may compromise their commitment to Christ because they fear conflict in the church. So they refuse to engage in biblical community. More than just about any other emotion, fear has a way of shaping the direction of our lives. If we're going to remain faithful in our commitment to Christ in 2022, we must know how to deal with fear. In our text today, there are two things that Jesus wants for his church. He wants you to live for God's day to come while conquering your fears today. We'll take a look at the first. Live for God's day to come. Live for God's day to come. Jesus is coming again, and what a glorious day it will be. We will live with this, this hope. We, we can live with this hope of knowing that God's day is coming. That ain't no second guessing. That ain't no maybe. It's coming. And Jesus wants us to live for God's day to come by living with the end in mind. All throughout scripture, we see the description of two people groups, the righteous and the wicked. The first psalm begins by stating how blessed is the person who doesn't walk in the advice of the wicked. And the psalm ends by stating for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. In the same manner, Jesus further explains the end of these two people groups. Jesus shows John a vision of the final state of the righteous and the final state of the wicked. The final state of the righteous. In verses 1 through 2, John describes a beautiful city coming down from heaven. And in verse 3, he says, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity. and He will live with them. And they will be his peoples, 
and God himself will be with them and will be their God. John says this new city will be a place where God lives. The full presence of God will be there in this city. He will be there dwelling with humanity. Could you imagine? I mean, we haven't experienced this thing yet. Adam and Eve did, but could you imagine being able to wake up, go outside? Oh, hey, good morning, God. Good morning, God. I mean, you're living with the source of a life. That is the state, the final state in which the righteous will live. Now, who would these righteous people be? It says he will live with them. They will be his peoples with an S. Well, shouldn't it say his people? No, the S here is intentional. John tells us that there will be people from every nation, tribe, and language there worshiping Jesus. And it says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. We will truly experience the fullness of life. For we will be in the presence of the source of life and death will be dead. Could you imagine? But John also talks about the final state of the wicked. He says in verse 8, but the cowards, faithless, detestable murderers, sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. The wicked will not live in the new city. Instead, their home will be in the lake of fire. Those who do not turn from their sinful ways will be punished with eternal torment. In the end, God's main task is to dispense justice by punishing the disobedient and rewarding the obedient. Now, the link that ties these two people groups together is right there in the beginning of verse 8. John says, but the cowards and faithless. John places cowards and faithless people right next to the group of sins that we're more so familiar with. Murderers, sexually immoral. Why does he do this? Well, at the time when John was writing this, churches in Asia were compromising their commitment to Christ. Some were on the fence, accepting false doctrine in the church so that they may get along with people in society. Some were lukewarm. They were neither hot nor cold. They were one foot in and one foot out. And to the church in Laodicea, in chapter 3 of this book, Jesus says, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. Tough. Strong word. 
But Jesus says, when we are compromising our commitment, he says to that church, you make me sick. It makes me want to vomit. He wants his people to be faithful and committed followers, not lukewarm, not compromising, not, not, not trying to fit with that crowd, with the wicked and with his crowd. Accepting certain sins in your own life so that you avoid persecution. And he says there in verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be zealous and repent. Come back to me. 21, to the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus wants the church to be fully devoted to him and not give in to the temptation to abandon Christ for something that is advertised as better. Jesus wants us to live for his day to come by pouring all of ourselves into following and remaining in him. Recently, California's oldest state worker celebrated her 100th birthday. With 77 years of working for the state of California under her belt, May Lee has uh, dedicated most of her life to public service. Lee recently turned 100 years old and is California's longest tenured employee and oldest worker. A financial analysis with the Department of General Services she began working for a Californian government in 1943. Still working, y'all. She has served under 10 different governors and is a state treasurer. Lee, who has no plans to retire, has traveled to more than 150 different countries and has photos of her adventures all throughout her office. Looking back at the last century, Lee believes that she did the best she could in this world, both in work and in life. She said, I am satisfied and I'm happy. Now, every Christian should do and feel like this lady. It should be your goal to serve the Lord as long as health and strength remains. Even 77 years of service is short in view of an eternity of rewards for faithful service. What does it mean for you to live for God's day to come? For Lee, it, 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 it meant living with the end in mind and pouring every ounce of her being into serving people in California in her job. Now, if she did that for California in her job, how much more should we pour ourselves out for the king of the universe? Not only does Jesus want you to live for God's day to come, but he wants you to do it while conquering your fears today. While conquering your fears today. 
In the second half of verse 6, the Lord says, I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Now, how do I conquer the things that cause me to fear continuing to be a Christian? How do I conquer the things that tempt me to no longer go to church? The things that tempt me to abandon Jesus and to pursue a path that seems a little safer or easier. How do I overcome this? We're able to overcome because the gospel empowers us to conquer our fears. The gospel empowers us to conquer our fears. In John 16:33, Jesus reminds his disciples, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. In other words, although you will suffer in this world, through uh, Jesus, we will have peace. So while you are here, be courageous. Stand firm in your commitment to God. You have nothing to be afraid of. Although following me, there's going to be times of trouble, Jesus says. Leaving might feel like the easiest route. But the good news is, you can be courageous in the face of your problems. You can be brave in the midst of suffering. You can stand firm in your battle against temptation. As the world is luring you to leave Christ, go ahead, leave. Jesus says, be courageous. How? Because I have already conquered the world. In the scriptures, to conquer or to overcome often refers to a military conquest of one people or faction by another. Jesus is telling his disciples that he has overcome the powers of darkness through his death and resurrection. He proclaims this before going to the cross because he has already healed people and driven out demons, proving he is able to overpower what people considered unmovable forces. Jesus has defeated the strongest powers of this world. He is the Lord of all. Jesus has conquered the world, and if we are in him, what does that make us? We are more than conquerors. Paul had it right when he said to the church in Rome, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness or danger, or sword, as it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We're counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, why don't you go ahead on and turn to your neighbor and say, 
I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Turn over to your other neighbor and say, for I am loved by God. For I am loved by God. That's right. Paul continues to say, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have a hope that is secure. Can't nothing separate you from Jesus. Nothing has the power to pull you out of his hand. Your relationship with Jesus is indestructible. The world don't have the power, so don't give it to the world. In the gospel, you have the power. The gospel is the good news that at the cross, Jesus went to battle with Satan, sin, and death. And when Jesus rose from the grave, it proved that he defeated all three. He is the undefeated champion of the world. So be courageous, be bold, keep believing, keep trusting. In 2022, stand firm in your commitment to God. Live for God's day to come while conquering your fears today. For he has given us a glorious hope. When he returns, he will make us into a new city. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.